In Southeast Agnet's Ag and Review for the week ending January 22nd, this past Thursday, the Senate failed to move forward with a veto override in the waters of the U.S. disapproval resolution. Following the veto earlier this week, the Senate considered an override, but the motion failed a cloture vote of 52 to 40 as the Senate needed 60 votes in favor to override the veto. But even if the Senate had achieved cloture on the resolution, final passage would have required a two-thirds majority in both chambers of Congress, which would have been a steep climb. The fate of WOTUS currently lies solely now with the federal courts, which many ag groups fear could be a lengthy and costly process. Well, cotton growers across the southeast are invited to attend the Georgia Cotton Commission's ninth annual meeting in conjunction with the UGA Cotton Production Workshop. GCC's Executive Director Richie Seaton says they're looking forward to a big day. Our annual meeting is going to be January 27th at the University of Georgia Tifton Conference Center in Tifton, Georgia. We'll follow the same format as we have in previous years with our cotton research and extension breakout sessions from 8 to 10, our annual meeting from 10 to to one, and we'll also incorporate the uh, breakout sessions will then be available again in the afternoon, and we'll also do our Georgia Cotton Quality Award, which is always a popular event at our annual meeting. Now, there's no charge to attend, but Seton says pre-registration is requested. We would ask they register. There is no charge for registration. We just need to know who's going to be there for meal arrangements, and they have any questions. They can call us here at the commission and office at 478-988-4235 or look on our website for more information. That's georgiacottoncommission.org. It will be held January 27th at the UGA Tifton Campus Conference Center. You know, weather is important to growers no matter what the crop is, and this year's weather has been quite unusual with above-average temperatures and rainfall across the southeast. Well, Josh McGill reports there is one industry that is a little concerned right now. The watermelon industry in the United States is among those concerned with how this weather will affect the following season's crop. Last year, Mexico's late winter closed the market window for Florida and Texas and hurt growers in those states because of the drop in prices due to a late influx of Mexican watermelons. We spoke with National Watermelon Association Executive Director Bob Morrissey about the impacts this year's winter weather will have on the upcoming crop. Mexico last year, because of the, the winter weather that they had three weeks late, and that really depressed prices in the month of May and really hurt people out of Florida and hurt people out of Texas. Whether that's going to ha- continue or not, we don't know. We're hopeful that it doesn't uh, because that way they've got their season and... The U.S. has their season. And then again, at the end of July and the beginning of August, there was a three-week period where, because the spring and the early summer were so mild up north, that there was a vacuum in there where there was hardly any crop at all. So the price increased because you couldn't find it. Weather plays so many tricks on us, and it's, there's, those are so unpredictable. For Southeast Agnet, I'm Josh McGill. Peanut contracts are being offered by some locations in the southeast. Tyron Spearman has that information in this week's peanut market update. Peanuts are now being contracted across the southeast. The top dollar at $375 per ton by some shellers. Some shellers are not on the market as of this date. The national posted price on peanuts stayed the same this week, $424.51 per ton for runner-type peanuts. There are a lot of peanuts in the loan. The loan now has received $2 million. 175,000 tons in the loan. That means that a farmer has borrowed $355 out of the loan, and the purchaser or seller that buys those peanuts will pay that money back to the loan. 
There's been 160,000 tons redeemed so far. As of last year, we'd already redeemed 280,000 tons. 2,987,000 tons have been inspected, and that's where we are so far. The average price received by farmers, which will determine the payment on the loan this next year on the price loss coverage program, right now November was $356 a ton, October was $374, and September $402. So the price is moving downward across the board for the prices received by farmers. Commercial Credit Corporation says that they still have some 14 peanuts available. 21,518 tons have been uh, given to the loan, and they are going to offer those up for a bid, but so far they haven't sold them from the 2014 crop. I'm Tyron Spearman for Southeast Agnet. Kathy Isom tells us it's time to celebrate an American food and lunchtime staple as this Sunday is National Peanut Butter Day. This Sunday, January 24th, is National Peanut Butter Day, and there's a pretty good chance a lot of people will be having a sandwich or two to commemorate. In fact, Americans love peanut butter so much, we spend $800 million a year on the 90% peanut product. That's according to the National Peanut Board. Some other interesting nutty facts. It takes about 540 peanuts to make a 12-ounce jar of peanut butter. One acre of peanuts is enough to make 30,000 peanut butter sandwiches. The world's largest peanut butter factory churns out 250,000 jars of the tasty treat every day. Four of the top ten candy bars manufactured in the USA contain peanuts or peanut butter. Peanuts account for two-thirds of all snack nuts consumed in this land of ours. By law, any product labeled peanut butter in the U.S. must be at least 90% peanuts. Women and children prefer creamy peanut butter, while most men go for the chunky variety. Peanut butter originated in the 1890s when George Bale, a St. Louis snack maker, started making the tasty treat. In 1923, Heinz became the first company to homogenize the peanuts into the spreadable butter. Peanuts are cholesterol free and an excellent source of protein. In fact, it's the high protein content that causes peanut butter to stick to the roof of your mouth. I'm Kathy Isom, Southeast Agnet. And to wrap up this week's podcast, Everett Griner talks about agriculture productivity. Now, just what is agricultural productivity? What is how much you get with what you've got? Agricultural productivity saw one of its best times in history a half century ago. From 1948 to 2000, Farmers doubled production on less land with less labor. Today's farmer uses 25% less land and 75% less labor. That's agricultural productivity. But the numbers seem to indicate that these figures are on the verge of decline. We're still feeding a growing world population, but it now requires more technology. Still less land, less labor, but different plants, different crops, genetically that is. This trend isn't likely to change, not for the next half century anyway. might not look or taste the same, but it's going to be there, and that's what counts. And that's Ag Review for today. Evergrinder, Southeast Agnet. You can hear those reports and more from this past week on our website, southeastagnet.com. Randall Wiseman, Southeast Agnet.